I've been talking a lot with clients about the pursuit of happiness and what exactly this means and the traps that we're set up to fall into where what we end up with is really nothing to do with happiness but everything to do with falling into an illusion of happiness and which actually creates the basis of all our suffering could be the 20 year old young woman who is compulsively buying things to fill herself up to feel something good or it could be a person college student who is going through cycles of falling in and out of love with people and always looking for that external validation and partner it could be the successful businessman that is looking for the high of the deal uh, to be rewarded with bonuses and with the trappings of a rich lifestyle all of these pathways are of the same pattern which is that happiness is to be found outside of me and when we're looking for and pursuing happiness with things outside of us we inevitably fall into a trap of forgetting about ourselves now the way that I like to try to explain a different way of thinking about happiness and a different orientation to happiness is through the analogy of a tree Uh, we often use our emotions as a way of indicating whether we are happy or not and we think about our reactive emotions as indicating that we're on the right path and that we are in fact happy Now, of course, happiness in the way that I'm talking about it is a temporary state. When we experience the temporary state of happiness, it's not that that emotion doesn't have its place or doesn't have validity. It's giving us information that as far as our environment, as far as our role, as far as our function in that particular role, we've done something right or we've done something or we've acquired something that we need. For example, concretely, it could be, uh, you know, figuring out how to solve a, a math problem to pass an economics class. You know, the person would feel pleasure or delight in being able to figure out that solution. But obviously, a person can't be in a constant state of delight because we're going through cycles of starting a problem, figuring it out, and then solving it. And so across time, our ability to feel the reactive emotion or the emotion in relationship to us and a problem, us and the environment, it's, it moves through uh, phases. A hunter is tracking an animal and then feels a certain way as it approaches and gets closer and then feels another way when it finally captures the prey. So there's different biochemical signals and markers that indicate the different phases of Uh, progressive acquisition of a goal 
So the metaphor that I like to use to separate or to at least demarcate a difference between those kinds of emotions which indicate uh, success in a material sense from the stability and sense of peace that people can come to regardless of what's happening on the outside I like to use the metaphor of a tree and at the level of the roots the roots penetrate the ground and and this is our state of being it's the the ground of being from which we function and we live from and without our roots we can fall prey to identifying ourselves with a role with our ego as the whole of our existence and when we do that when we think that our sense of self is our role and we lose connection to our roots then we become very attached and very mm, caught up in the illusion of chasing the capitalistic pursuit of happiness is the pursuit of what material wealth uh, the acquisition of the thingifying of happiness is in cars, houses, and even in the acquisition of certain things. We say, I have three children. They are my children. Uh, they're, they're possessions. And, you know, sometimes there are parents that are working really hard that um, outsource the care of those children that don't have a genuine bond or relationship to those children and you know what's the value of uh, bringing or activating children into this world if you're not relating to them and what is the the energy or the synergy of balance between the material world and let's say the spiritual world if we're not if we're just completely obsessed with projecting what is valuable into our possessions, you know, I think we know what it's like to objectify someone. We 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 know what it's like to forget their humanity. Uh, the objectification of bodies in pornography is an example of the objectification of human beings. They're thingified to serve a particular function of sexual gratification. But they're not necessarily seen as fully embodied, valuable, worthy human beings. Um, situations of, of a toxic relationship, codependency, abusive relationships uh, are similarly objectifying or thingifying of people. And when we lose touch with the worthiness of people or the humanity of people, then... Uh, we can get locked into this hamster wheel of pursuing more and more things. And this is generally the path of uh, becoming a, a psychopath. And when we lose touch with our virtues, when we lose touch with a morality that centers us, then the material landscape becomes our grounding. We think that things, we think that the thing to pay attention to is in things. And so I come back to the tree metaphor. There's a relationship between the roots and the branches in the 
whole existence of a single tree, the energy that is nurtured at the roots serves a particular function. And what I like to identify with the various branches as it shoots off in different directions, as it reaches towards sunlight, each branch represents the various roles that we possess in our lives. It could be the role in a family, being a father, being a son, could be being a friend, the professional roles we have of being a doctor, a teacher, a lawyer, a plumber. We have various work professional roles and we project our energy of self into that role. Now, using a a further analogy, uh, and this is an analogy that I like to use to help explain what meditation is. And if you take at the level of the roots something fundamental about human beings, something that transcends, precedes, goes beyond thinking, that that allows you to allows you to that situates you at a level, a perspective where whatever's happening at the level of the role whatever that's happening at the level of particular thoughts is not um, is, is maybe not as solid as we think because we can transcend that particular form. So extending and, and jumping to another analogy, I like to think about meditation and the difference between ego and self as a, a, a picture of a record player. When you, look at a, when you look at a record player and you look at a particular record playing, it could be jazz music, it could be rock music, it could be pop music, that record is analogous to a particular pattern of thinking and feeling and believing and expecting. And when the needle is digging into that record, it's playing that particular way of thinking and feeling and perceiving the world particular style it's a particular genre meditation is the practice of taking the needle off the record maybe even removing the record at least trying to disengage from the thought and remembering that you are fundamentally a record player or you have the capacity you are a being that has the capacity to play thoughts to play emotions but you are not the particular thoughts and emotions that are being played at a moment in time. And that returning to or emptying your mind or emptying of the record is a similar difference and distance between the roots of a tree and the branches. The branches indicate a particular record. They're a particular role, a particular function. And it has a particular sound, perhaps, which can transform and change. The grounding the remembering of your humanity at the level of just being a record player of being a self is a picture of being at the level of your roots when I return myself to being a self and I retract that energy that's projected into a particular role a particular memory I come into a state of silence And I'm not bought into a particular feeling that I feel I need to have or experience to be okay. 